0: Divine Truth Assistance Group These group assistance sessions are about putting principles of divine truth into action. This discussion is part of the 2014 Australia Group 1 series. Jesus Presents Forgiveness and Repentance Concepts Filmed on the 15th of July, 2014 in Monterey, New South Wales, Australia. This is part 3.
1: There's uh, there is more to show you, so I'd need to just show you a little bit more. So and and I think the discussion with Paul about Paul's situation will help uh, understand this particular issue that I'm going to present to you. We'll just wait for everyone, is there more? There's just a couple of people. Missing is there? Just a couple. Lena, yep, Lena's got a Lonely rivers from to the sea, to the sea, to the open arms of the sea. Lonely rivers side with me, with me. I'll be coming home with me. Okay. All right, Lena. Just take your time. Lena and Igor have been just doing heaps of work, eh? And yeah. yeah, so you have to thank them for that, don't you, surely? There's a opportunity, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> there's so much that goes on behind the scenes too. You know, there's there's the unloading of cameras, the unloading of all the video equipment, <clears throat> the you know, pack up the every night we go through a process of recharging everything. Unloading all data, making duplicate, triplicate copies of the data just so that if something goes wrong, we don't lose our data. And there's so much much that goes on that none of you really see ever. (laughs) And uh, there is an opportunity. We've asked them and Corny to put their donation boxes up the back there that you might have noticed just in case you want to show your appreciation to them for their effort that they've put in. To getting everything sorted and all the effort there's going to be even like when you finish here they will sort of almost begin their work because there's there's now 40 there will be 40 hours of videos that they want to get up on youtube after that and remember it takes two to one at the moment that's 80 hours of work per per group so that's 160 hours of work that they have as a direct result of walking away from this group so that's four, if you think about it, in turn, that's in front of a computer. That's a lot of hours, 160 hours in front of a computer. You're basically talking like four solid weeks in front of a computer every single day, five days a week, eight hours a day. A lot of work. So you've got to thank them for that, eh? Hey? Yeah. And I feel these groups will benefit a lot of people worldwide as well. So that would be good. Okay, let's get back to it. What we want to do now is just uh, add something for you to contemplate. So you remember that dynamic? We've now established the forgiveness path and the repentance path, okay? So what we want to do is we want to just uh, describe, if you like, a little bit of a thing that you need to understand, and that is this. Other people do damage to harm me in my childhood, right? so others we just write in there others damage me right now, what we could do is forgive them, right isn't it? We could forgive them so the point, at this point, we could have forgiven them. But what did we choose to do instead? We chose instead to not forgive them and not feel the pain of what they did. Right? We'd, in fact, we are so disconnected from this pain that we won't even accept the truth about it, let alone forgive it. Right? That's how disconnected we are. And of course, they helped us in that process by moulding us to not accept. But anyway, there is a refusal to forgive. So, so we refuse to forgive. What does that do inside of us? It creates all of these emotional holes that aren't patched up. So what do we do with these emotional holes? Right? So it, what, what are emotional holes? They're just emotional holes initially, aren't they? So let's write it down. What, what are they, just emotional emotional needs shall we call them they're not really true needs by the way emotional holes or needs things that we want and and what do we do to get those met what what do we do then we create addictions right so so we create addictions to have to feel fill up those emotional holes or needs That's what we do. Okay, so we create the addiction. In the process of creating the addiction, what do we do to somebody else? We damage others. All right? And then when we damage others, what do we refuse to do? We refuse to... To repent, David, just, just down the front here. If you keep your hand up, David. So.
2: Um, a pattern that I'm basically starting to see now. Yeah. And from the last two is that it's basically impossible to repent unless we forgive.
1: Ah. Isn't that interesting? Because the cause of us taking the action that we took to damage others actually began from our refusal to forgive. Does that make sense to me, everyone? When we refuse to forgive, when we f- and the forgiveness process, we, we've got to go through at some point, don't we? <laughs> we've got to know what it is. like, And part of it is about acknowledging the truth. Of what actually happened. See, most of us don't even do that. Like we talk about our parents and we go, ah, oh, it wasn't that bad, you know, it's fine. You know. Most of us are completely unaware of even the damage that was done in our childhood, let alone feel that we have to forgive somebody for it. Right? But the problem is we refuse to forgive for whatever reasons. Some of them are our own and some of them are others. People who trained us to do this. Right? and there's a whole mixture of reasons why we refuse to forgive, we then create all these emotional holes that are unfulfilled within us, so we now need addictions to fill them up, and when we have addictions, we damage other people, and now we've also now created a whole thing, heap of things that we need to repent for. Can you see, our refusal to forgive creates harm to other people and harm to ourselves. Our refusal to forgive actually is all based around our refusal to feel some emotions. (laughs) So we could simplify all this back down and go, when you refuse to feel your emotional pain, you are automatically going to create addictions. You are automatically going to damage other people. And you're automatically now going to create more emotional pain for yourself because you're going to need to go through the process of repentance as well as forgiveness now. Can you see? So what would make a logical sense? You know, what would make a logical sense is that we chose to forgive. And then we wouldn't do the rest. Does that make sense to everybody? Now... Imagine if we were taught that at a very young age. That, that, because this is an, the choice to forgive is one of the most powerful expressions of love that you could engage. The choice to forgive. And if you were taught that about love when you were little kids, do you think you would have created a whole heap of addictions and a whole heap of things you now need to repent for? Never. Never. You would never have created them. But also it shows us some other things. It shows us that we can't go through repentance without also eventually getting to the point where somebody needs to be forgiven. So there is a direct link between forgiveness and repentance. Now isn't that very interesting, don't you think? Isn't it quite a fascinating thing about the way God's designed the soul? You you choose to avoid one thing, which is a loving thing you could have chosen to do, and you choose to avoid it, which is an unloving choice. Then you create a whole heap of subsequent results, which then create another set of pain that you now also will at some point need to choose to feel, right? Now, I find that so fascinating, that relationship. And the reason why I find it fascinating is because the thing that I've been saying to you ever since I've known you probably is choose to feel your own pain. Isn't that probably one of the messages I've said to you over and over again? Can you see why I've been saying it? Because that's that point, choosing to feel your own pain is that point. And once you choose to feel your own pain and go through the complete experience of your own pain you don't do damage to other people, and you don't create further pain for yourself that you'll have to at some point also go through. And that is a very powerful, a very powerful lesson. So you know when you do things to me like, you know, I say... You know, your mother did this or your father did that. You go, yeah, but that wasn't so bad. And I go, what do you mean it wasn't so bad? Of course it's bad. And you go, no, it wasn't so bad. When you do that, you're choosing to refuse forgiveness. And you know what I know is going to happen after that? You're going to hold on to your emotional holes. You're going to create addictions, which you've probably already created, and... You are going to also now have additional pain to repent for, besides the original pain that you needed to forgive somebody else for. Does everyone get that? Now, remember earlier, I said to Matt, it was, you remember Matt, you asked about relationship, I talked about a relationship, and I said, actually, the person you're in the relationship with, you need to repent towards. And you remember how. you felt remember that feeling of well it doesn't sound no that doesn't sound right but they did things to hurt me what do you mean can you see that if you had chosen to repent towards this person there's a higher likelihood that you would have found the emotional reason that caused you to take the action in the first place right You would have found the emotional reason, which was the thing you denied in terms of the hurt you denied inside of yourself that you need to forgive somebody for. But you know what I see most people doing? They say, the art to a good relationship is forgiveness. How many times have you heard that? Like, I see whole books written about that. The art to a good partnership or relationship is forgiveness. of each other. This is the implication. That's the implication. Forgiveness of each other. No, I'm sorry, it's not. The art of a good relationship between partners is repentance for what you've done. (laughs) Completely the opposite. Because it's not your partner you need to forgive. It's somebody else. (laughs) You need to repent for the fact that you wanted your partner to meet your addictions and get all of your. because you chose to not forgive somebody else. The art to a good relationship is not forgiveness of your partner, it's forgiveness of your parents. It's forgiveness of all the people that in your childhood damaged you. And and when I say parents, I'm talking about the teachers, caregivers, you know, the people who caused this causal, the red damage, you know, the red stuff here in the diagram. The art to a good relationship is to forgive them. And by the way, they're not in your relationship most of the time now, right? Except through your own emotions. And the art to a good relationship is actually to repent towards your partner. And you know what I see most people doing when they ask me questions about their relationships? They go, my husband did this my husband did that, my husband did this and my husband did that, right? And what do I do about that? If I loved myself, would I leave him or would I stay? If you loved yourself, you probably would never have attracted him in the first place. So don't go, if I love myself, you don't love yourself, Right? If you loved yourself, you would, have felt, you would have felt forgiveness for your parents if you loved yourself, right? And then you wouldn't have attracted this man who's doing these things to you if you loved yourself. So don't ask if you love yourself. You need to say, I don't love myself. <laughs> I don't love myself, but what do I do in this situation is, is the question. Not, not if I loved myself, would I leave him? That's not the question. Can you see how our questions even are totally distorted through our emotional injuries? And those distortions occur because we believe we should forgive our partner or leave, right? Or do both, right? When the reality is we need to repent towards our partner or leave and do both, probably. Do do you understand? We have everything so back to front. It's just amazing how back to front we have it, isn't it? Okay. So if you remind yourself of that, that every time there's something that comes up where you've done something wrong to harm another person, you will always be able to trace it back to something that you have refused refused to forgive that happened usually way, way back in your childhood. The key is to find it. Mary?
0: But if we use the thing that happened in our past mm-hmm. as an excuse
3: mm-hmm.
0: for the damage we do, yes. and if we just talk about what mum and dad did yes. without actually feeling it, yes. we continue to do things that we'll need to repent for.
1: Correct. Correct. So, diet.
3: And if you don't know exactly what you I mean, I, I understand the dynamics of my parents, but I don't remember anything much apart from... So if you don't know what you've got to forgive them for, yep. where do you go?
1: Well, well, if we can't remember much, you know why that is, don't you?
3: Because I don't want to feel it.
1: We're totally in denial of everything they did, pretty much. Right? Yeah. So that's one problem. And the way to get back to it would be what? To, get to remember, would to start here, wouldn't it? Yeah. What are the things that I've done to harm yeah. other people that I can at least see? Allow myself to see my avoidance of the addiction okay. and allow myself to see my emotional neediness, the hurts, in other words. So this mm. is our hurts. Once we have the hurts, we'll know what we need to forgive our parents for.
3: So I've kind of worked through intellectually anyway. I thought I was doing repentance, but I think I was just doing self-punishment when, when I think about my kids and my husband.
1: Yeah, most people self-punish here. So yeah. by the way, self-punishment is like a total avoidance of repentance. Yeah. And the, the reason why it's a total avoidance is because it doesn't actually ever know the reason why it happened. Mm. Right? To actually heal yourself... You must know everything about why things happened, right? yeah. and you will if you go through this f- emotional process.
3: So I, I will hopefully you'll show us the steps for repentance, and I'll, so I'll have a better idea if, I, if I can,
1: we get around to it at some
3: point. Yes, <laughs> and I'll have a you better. I can start there, can I, with with my what I've done to my kids and my husband? Is that where I start with repentance, and it'll. kind of cascade back to...
1: Well, here's a basic truth for you. Everything you've done to your kids and your husband, Mm. whatever you've noticed, everything that you've done, has been the direct result of an emotional hole inside of you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you know what most of them are. Yeah. Yeah, Don't you?
3: Yeah.
1: So why don't you start there? List all of the emotional holes inside of you that you're trying to get satisfied from somebody else. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. All the things that you want, all your why, what do you want from the kids? What do you want from hubby? What do you want from everybody around you? What do you want from your workplace? your friends. What what kind of treatment do you want? Mm-hmm. Right. Look at the demands going out to the world around you, and go, mm-hmm. okay, this all of these demands tell me the hurt. Yeah. This hurt got into me pre prior to the relationships that I now have. Prior to the relationship with your husband, prior to the relationship with your children, because your children, of course, came along after your relationship with your husband began. Mm. Right? So, so prior to those things, this hurt began. So where's the source of this hurt is the only question we can ask after that. Mm. Where did this hurt come from? Now, if you go down that track, you start to become aware that it has to have come somewhere in your childhood. Yeah. And then you start; your mind starts opening up, and now your spirit guides can remind you of things that happened in your childhood that you have been shutting down completely and totally, w- wanting to remain unaware of, yeah. because you didn't want to go through the emotional process of forgiveness. Remember, this is an emotional process; it's mm. going to require grief, and and emotions similar to grief to be felt. In order to it is going to require anger; it's going to require mm. Fears to be felt, grief to be felt, in order to forgive. Some of you are terrified of your parents.
3: Huh? Oh, I think a lot of my problem is my parents are quite nice people. And, you know... <laughs> and so I feel like... <laughs> mm.
1: You see, this is what the adult... Self, the facade self, wants to tell ourselves because that's what our parents told us that they're nice people. There's nothing wrong with them. There's no, they did nothing wrong. They know everything about love, and the whole reason why they treated us like that is because we didn't know anything and then we needed to be browbeaten into submission. right? And that's not the case at all, obviously. The obvious truth is that they knew nothing about love either, and then they treated us out of harmony with love through that experience. Now, when you say to me, that my parents are quite nice people, so I can't I can't go through the process of forgiving them. That's really what you're saying, because they're nice people. They did nothing wrong. Well you're basically saying that I can't forgive because there's nothing to forgive. And then I'd have to ask you this question If there's nothing to forgive, where did all this hurt come from? Are you telling me that it came from you? Just you, alone? How much of it got there before you were even a teenager?
3: Yeah, well, well most of it.
1: All of it, pretty yeah. much. And you're saying that somehow that was all your fault?
3: Yeah, I think I was made to think it was my fault. You? I, f- I, f- I felt it was my fault when I was a child, yeah. So.
1: So who made you think it was your fault?
3: My mother mainly, I think
1: so are your parents nice persons mm-hmm. is it a nice person who gets a child abuses a child in some way and then says it's all your fault that i did that is that a nice person would you classify that as a nice person well you just did there's the distortion that's how you stay away from this hurt you tell yourself that it's all nice and lovely we're going to have a look at, and hopefully we get to having a look at over some time. I don't know when we're going to do it at this stage because we've sort of, today's session has gone a bit longer than I imagined. And the we're going to have to have at some point have a look at what are the practical emotional blockages to forgiveness? And what are the practical emotional blockages to repentance? And the practical emotional blockages to forgiveness, you've just mentioned one of them. Right? This belief that my parents are nice parents and they did nothing wrong. So so the only other person who could have done something wrong is you. Right? And if you're the person who did something wrong, then you're going to try and punish yourself or be repentant for things that actually you did not create. You, you're trying to repent for things you need to forgive. Now, when you try to repent for things you need to forgive, no repentance is possible and no forgiveness is possible.
3: That's what I've been doing.
1: Yep. And so what you end up is in this really self-abusive cycle. Yeah. And it goes on for years and years and years and everyone around you is worried about where you're going with it and everything because, of course, it is a worry because, it, because all you're doing is engaging in emotion where you're refusing to face the truth that actually someone else did this damage.
3: Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and this is why many of you are in emotional cycles that you're not getting out of. Because you're not, get, you're not getting out of them because you're refusing to forgive the people who caused it and you're refusing to repent towards the people who didn't cause it. And instead, you, you, you're you trying to get the people who, who, you, who didn't cause it to, to be repentant towards you. In other words, you, you think you have to forgive them. And and we many of us are even unwilling to do that, right? And then we completely ignore, completely ignore the creation, the, the actual seed of these problems. Thank you. And this is a big problem that we all face, right? It's a big problem we all face because because I uh, oftentimes like. We have many discussions with people, don't we, babe, at the, you know, about their emotional you know, state and about their situation and what they need to do with their life in order to move forward and, and particularly about their emotions, as you can imagine. Now, in the process of discussion of all of these things, generally the biggest impediment to any growth that I have found is the refusal to acknowledge that any damage was done to them by their parents or the refusal to acknowledge that they have done damage to other people. Those two things. Remember, I said before, most of the pain that we, almost all the pain and suffering we experience, and I, I feel it's all the pain and suffering that we experience, is directly related to our refusal to repent or to the refusal to forgive. So every time you tell me that your mum and dad are nice or that you're nice, I'm going, how can this be? Like a person who's at one with God's nice. And are you one with God yet? No. So you're not nice yet, nor am I. Does that make sense? We've got things we've still got to forgive and repent for. Right? Well, you do. The faster we come to terms with that, the faster we come to terms with who it is we've got to forgive and who it is we've got to repent, the faster everything's going to resolve. The more resistance you have to, to, to repenting for things that you did and for forgiving the things other people did, the more resistance you have to that, the slower you're going to progress. You're going to progress the old way, the what is called the law of compensation way. The law of compensation way is prod, 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 prod. The <laughs> way it goes, like hammering at you, trying to get you to a place where you actually are willing to repent or forgive. And in between then and now, there's lots of pain if you do it that way. So my suggestion is quick, short, sharp pain. Everything's over. All right. It's a bit like if you think of yourselves as wounded people. Like imagine you've got like let's say, let's say you were riding along on your push bike, right? And you come around the corner, and before you was a car, and so you veered off the side of the road, and there was a cactus there, and you fell in the cactus, and all up your arms and your legs. And imagine that, right? <laughs> Cactus spikes everywhere. See, so they're hanging in the cactus. They cut you out of the cactus, right? And then what do they do? Well, well, well. your idea of a nice person is somebody who leaves all the cactus things in you. That's your idea. You leave all the spikes in, inside of you. You go, nice person would just leave it all there, bind it all up for me, wrap it all around. And what's going to happen in the long term? That's all going to fester and... Uh, it's going to get worse and worse, isn't it? Who knows what will happen down that track? This is how our lives have become, haven't I mean, they? A big festering mess, really, most of the time. Right? What would have been the alternative? Somebody had to come along and be loving towards you, which was to pull out each one. Right? And You know what it's like with just one prickle in you, you know? It's pretty uncomfortable, isn't it? It just jangles on those nerve endings of our body. And this is what it's like with the emotional injuries inside of you. They're just jangling on your nerve endings all the time. Right? And you're just wrapping them all up and binding them all up and hoping they will go away. And it's very, very unloving to yourself. Right? But a person who's loving will come along and pull them out. God wants to do that. God's saying to you, the fastest way I can do that is for you to go into this process of repentance and forgiveness. The slowest way I can do that is the law of compensation. Law of compensation, it's going to take years for me to do that. You're going to be a bit of a festering mess for years. Can you imagine they're laying in the hospital bed saying, No, don't take any out, don't take any out. Can you imagine yourself doing that? Surely what you would do instead would you lay there in the hospital and say, Get them out of me as fast as you can, <laughs> isn't it? What you'd prefer? So do that the fastest way with your emotions. The fastest way is for you to come face to face with what you do and come face to face with your addictions so that you can see what has been done to you, the hurt that the addictions cover, so that you can forgive the people you need to forgive and then it's gone. That's the fastest way. Celia?
0: So I just want to make sure I understand. So if I want to start forgiving my mother, to say, to get into the feeling of the damage that's done by my mother, and once I fully get into that emotion and become overwhelmed, then I'll naturally start to forgive. towards forgiving. Is yes, right? you will.
1: But, of course, you've got to be honest about what's actually happened. It's no good trying to create figments of imagination and blame your mother for that and then say, oh, I'll go have her cry about that when it's not something that actually happened. It has to be things that actually happened, that, that, that actually occurred. It has to be the truth, right? So you can't, you can't forgive things that are not true, and you can't repent for things that are not true either. So for many of you are trying to, to repent for things that are not true, and you're trying to forgive other people for things that are not true. So, for example, some of you are trying to forgive ex-partners. Huh? You don't forgive ex-partners, you repent towards ex-partners. Can you see the difference? Because the ex-partner didn't create the problem. The ex-partner was a part of your attraction to help you resolve the problem. You you should thank him.
0: I'm guessing the process, like I'm just starting to see the damage my mother's done. Yeah. But there's obviously a lot of things, a lot of damage, lots of different things that have been done. But if it's going to take a long process of of forgiving, of getting into all those emotion, into the emotions of everything that she's done, and then forgiving, isn't it? So there's lots to forgive, or does it?
1: It is a process, yeah. yeah. But to be honest with you, Celia, the damage that's been done by your father is far worse than the damage you've done that's been done by your mother. And to be honest with you, the damage you're doing to your son right now is far worse. Than the damage that you're doing to any woman.
0: That I'm doing to any woman? That yeah.
1: The your damage you're doing to your son right now mm. is worse than the damage you're doing to any woman. So that tells me that your real damage is actually related not to the person you think it's related to. It's
0: my father, you think? But
1: rather to your father. <clears throat> so
0: I haven't touched on my father's stuff haven't much touched much on all. your father,
1: yet. Yep. So your mother is where you're willing to go, because you have anger there, and you're she's have, the
0: one that's present in my life. My dad's one, never been present. So correct, yeah. correct.
1: So the real damage you feel is about. So, and, and I would suggest to you that a lot of the damage that's entered you about men has come via your, your mother. Does that make sense? Yeah, don't But is, that's yeah. where a lot of the damage exists at the moment.
0: So if I don't have, because my father wasn't present, that's why I find it.
1: Think like, about your mum's mm-hmm. feelings about men.
0: Yeah, she, was, she actually, hated but, men. Yeah, and it's similar
1: to some of your feelings about men. And one of the reasons why you're overly, incestuously, emotionally invested in your son is because you're trying to create the ideal man and instead you're creating a monster actually.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm starting to see that.
1: Yeah. So so this is a – you can see the acting out of the damage that's there. Now, this damage – remember your mum gave birth to you and before birth there was that nine-month time you were inside her womb she, she obviously was filtering through a lot of emotions even in that place about men. Yep. Does that make sense, yep. coming through to you? And then whatever happened between Dad and Mum, when did he leave or was he even present?
0: When I was about eight.
1: When you are eight. So, so you got the first eight years where they mm-hmm. obviously had a bit of a tumultuous... Existence, yeah. and then and then dad eventually left and never came back, or or did he have occasional interaction? No, with him? never came back. Never came back. So so he had no love either in him. Otherwise, he would have right. Yeah. And then and then your mother was resentful, angry, yeah. bitter, or twisted about all of that. Now she's also imposing imposing all of that emotionally upon you, and and creating addictions with you. Yeah, you know, of agreement of wanting to her, her daughter to agree with her assessment of men. Yeah and so forth. And and so all of this dynamic causes these emotional injuries to enter you. Now, now, sure, you've got a lot of feelings about what mum's done, but, but you don't realise that a lot of the feelings are associated with men, yeah. not, not necessarily associated with women. Does that make sense?
0: It does. I just don't know even know how to get into my dad's stuff. And I know I'm, I must be resistant, obviously, and I don't want to. But I want to. I don't want to do this to my son.
1: I yeah. don't want Most to. Most of your pain is about your dad's stuff. So start with your pain. Start with the holes. You know, the, these things here, these emotional needs, like what, what's going on with your son that, what do, you, what are you needing from this relationship with your son? That'll tell you a lot about what is actually going on and what you feel is whole at what you're trying to fill up within yourself emotionally. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So start there. And with your mother, well, you already know you've got anger and other feelings with your mum. Allow yourself to go through the start, the process of forgiving her, which starts with that anger. You know? And you don't have to express it to her. You need to feel it. Yeah. yeah. And and some of it and as you go through it, you'll feel the truth of it at different times. And then you'll feel other times, oh, I was just in a I was just trying to fool myself there, I was really feeling this, you know, and, you, and you'll be honest about it, more honest about it then. Does that make sense?
0: I feel with, yeah, it does. I feel with Sam, with a little of attraction with him, he's presenting, he almost feels like he's, his father at times who is, again, not in his life.
1: How old is he? He's only he's seven, seven. Seven, yeah. And he, he already feels superior to all other men and women um, yeah. by the time he's seven. There's a lot of damage already there for him. He's already feeling superior. You you feel, and you ask yourself. Uh, I had a conversation with um, with Karen last night, wasn't it, um, at the dinner table? And I think Igor was um, clever enough to get at least a little bit of a recording of it, a, a, a sound recording. Um, and it was all about this issue of how we create these things in our children because we're trying to sort of avoid a lot of the pain in ourselves. And as a result, they, our children grow up to be, believe themselves to be superior beings, mm-hmm. and then they treat other people very badly as a result of mm-hmm. their belief. And, uh, and what we've got to do is start undoing that and seeing, what, seeing the emotional holes that caused us to have that belief with our child. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you start at both of those places, the place of your own hurt and the place also of the fact of what you wanted your son to be, from a man's perspective, what do you want? What, what were you trying to groom him into? That will help you immensely to resolve these particular issues.
0: Yep. Thank you. Yep. Okay.
1: Now I'm starting to get a bit tired, guys. So I've talked a lot now. Um, I'm hoping that in, from this discussion, you've at least now got a bit of a grounding about the proce- uh, not so much the process, but the importance <laughs> of forgiveness and repentance. Hopefully that's the case. And what I would like to do is actually raise with you some homework things to do. Does that sound all right to you? Now, I've just got to remember them and they are on my slide. So I just, um, but it's right at the end of my slide, Fab. So. Oh, yes, that's the other thing we wanted to ask you is do you guys want to watch a movie between dinner and supper? Because you can do it's just it has to be done here. That's all. so you have to rug up. But uh, the movie that we were thinking of is called Pay It Forward. Have any of you many of you seen it? How many have seen it? Well, well I don't know if you need to watch it then. You haven't seen the kid. No. How many of you seen the kid? Very few. All oh, right, we'll show you the kid, et cetera. Right? If you've seen Pay It Forward, you know it's a lot about repentance and forgiveness, isn't it? And, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lovely movie for those of people who haven't watched it. And, uh, yeah, so tonight we might just show the kid. And... Okay. The other questions. So the first question is Can you see where you need to be repentant? All right? Now, I suppose you could say that's an F, yes, or no answer if you wanted to be really pedantic, but the, the, you, you could actually start writing down all the errors where you need to be repentant, couldn't you? And then can you see where you need to forgive? So you could again note down all the areas where you can start seeing where you need to forgive. And the two next questions are probably where I'd like you to focus on a fair bit because this is what's been causing a lot of problems for many of you in terms of your emotional work. And that is when have you been attempting to forgive someone when really you need to repent for your actions towards them? And the second one was, when have you been attempting to repent for your actions when you really did nothing wrong from God's perspective? Now, the final two questions are really important in your analysis of what you're going to need to repent and forgive because... There's the question, what actions have you taken in your facade self in order to avoid the hurt self? Remember, every action you take in your facade self in order to avoid your hurt self is an action for which you're going to have to repent. And then the next one is, what actions have you taken in order to deny the hurt self? So remember, every t- action you take to deny the hurt self, again, it causes things that you would have to repent for. Now, the beauty of looking at the hurt self is that tells you where the emotional holes are, right? That tells you what you're avoiding from your childhood. The hurt self is all about the emotional holes, right? So now some of you have been saying to us lately, and I think we had a conversation, I think it was with Nina on the dinner table, um, about... Um, you know, remember you had that conversation about uh, – I'm just trying to remember it – about um, – sol- remember we're here, we had the conversation about soulmate stuff Yeah, and all of those kind of things. And remember that you had focused your attention, remember, both of you girls had focused your attention on your sons in order to create the, a man that would actually feed all of your addictions. Remember that? Yep. So there's the repentance relationship and then where's the forgiveness relationship in that well no there has to be a man involved doesn't there (laughs) there has to be male-based male-based feelings associated with it yeah now remember in the discussion in the dinner table nina you started saying oh yeah i've gone through a lot of that i started you know i felt this deep hurt inside of myself that I haven't got a man in my life and all those.
3: No, loneliness was where you pulled me
1: up. Yeah, and then you yeah. kept on going into your lo- you're saying you're lonely and all these kind of things, and that you were you had identified some emotional holes. Yeah. Does that make sense? But when you feel lonely, that is not going to solve the emotional hole. You need to forgive the person who created this emotional hole. To solve the emotional
2: hole.
1: So what I'd like you to do is look at your emotional holes. That's what I'm getting at there. So number six is basically examining your emotional holes. Many of you know what they are and you avoid them. So let's look at them instead. Maddie.
2: Um, recently in the city, um, I had this lady come up and slap me in the face when she was on some drugs. But that's. That's actually some. That's actually a repentance relationship, then.
1: Yes, uh, I feel yeah. so. Yes. So what? What okay. is it
2: about? <laughs> um.
1: So a lot of women treat you like that, don't they? Yes. Yeah. So what is that about?
2: Oh, it what has is- to be about. My, well, oh, I got upset because I guess my addiction didn't get me. But it's about my mum then. What well, yeah, to you get be? upset
1: because your addiction isn't going to met, right? Yeah. Remember in the addiction cycle, you always get angry when you get... So
2: So there's no point forgiving her for not meeting my addiction?
1: Forgiving her for not meeting your addiction? Yeah, there's no point doing that because that's she not going to... She shouldn't gonna... meet your addiction. There's nothing to forgive.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's... Didn't think about See, that. So many
1: of you think, oh, I've got to forgive people for not meeting my addictions. No, they, no, you don't. No. There's okay. nothing to forgive. They did the right thing. They shouldn't have met your addictions. Right? So who do you need to forgive? My mum. Mum. Something happened with mum. Something with, between dad and mum that causes you to believe that mum should give me all these things or mum, you know, how did mum treat you?
2: Uh, very angrily.
1: Well, your dad was violent, right? Yes, my dad was violent. what did your violent. mum
2: do? She was also violent. Yeah. And she encouraged, I guess, I uh, encouraged my dad to be violent.
1: Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, by not doing anything, saying anything, she didn't remove you from the violence. So eventually, she yeah, but eventually, but, eventually, but well, well, Dad died, didn't he?
2: Well, no, he like got overcloaked and right. supposedly and tried to kill both of us. Right, and then so.
1: yeah, okay, yeah, right. So, so what do you want from Mum? What, what did you, you know, what is it that you're looking for? This woman is telling, this woman who you attracted did you the service. Yeah, okay. Unbeknownst to her, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Because of one of her addictions. She did you a service which was to show you how much you're getting slapped around by women. Okay. So that means you got slapped around by your mother somehow.
2: Yeah, I did.
1: And you're not feeling about it.
2: Otherwise, it wouldn't happen.
1: Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. Mm. So, where's the hurt? She's pointed you in the direction of the hurt.
2: Yeah, I yeah. got slapped around, and
1: yeah, and, she, and you don't need to forgive her.
2: N- not, her, not that lady. No, no. not that lady yeah
1: well, you you can, but it's not going to do much good because it's just yep. an effect of what your soul attracted. yeah you know, at the end of the day, she did the wrong thing, I agree, but at the end of the day, forgiving her doesn't do anything for your soul, okay. Forgiving your mother will do a lot of things for your soul,
2: yep so don't make it anyone else's business, all the other ladies in my life. <laughs> No,
1: see, see, aren't they all law of attraction uh, relationships yeah. that are all basically, like I said, these are the ones that we need to repent towards, the, one, the ones that we've attracted. We've attracted them because we've involved them in our mess, mm. and our mess has been created because we've refused to forgive the real people who created our mess, and so what we do is we create a bigger mess by not forgiving those people and involving all heap of other people in our mess. Thank you. Sue? Sorry, if you can do the mic, baby. Um, uh, Thanks, babe.
3: I'm not sure, but I feel quite confused about the last two questions. You do, yes. Because it seems to me that the facade self is the action you've taken to avoid or deny your hurt self.
1: Now, I've said what actions have you taken in your facade self? So in other words, being, oh, being living in, in your one. facade, what have you done? done? What physical things have you done? Right, right. To avoid the hurt self. Yeah. Okay. Right. One of the things is you created a relationship. Yeah. Many. Yep. Yeah. And then when you weren't happy with that one, you create another one. Yeah. There's two things you did in your facade self in order to avoid your hurt self. Yeah. What other things have you done? Whatever things have you done with your children, with, with, uh, your, ki- with your boys?
3: Definitely. With, secondly, certainly with my second son.
1: Yep. Created um, a yeah, sort of emotionally uh, codependent. Codependent. Incestuous type to of emotional and incestuous him, relationship. Yeah. Yep.
3: Tried to make him fill that hole. Yep. Um,
1: so that's the kind of thing to think about.
0: Yeah.
1: So we took all of those actions in our facade. All right. Now that's the kind of things you need to think about. And, what, and, and try to identify, if you can, what, what hurt you were trying to avoid. That would be great. If we go to risk, and then...
2: Um, I'm not sure if this is along the lines, but I hope it is. Um, uh, I have this uh, need to
1: get help by my mom often get help from your mum. Yeah. Yep. And I remember her
2: saying that she wanted to try and help my dad out of his problems.
1: Yep. So she was a rescuer. Yeah. Yep. yep. She likes to create men who she can then rescue. Yep.
2: Yeah. And so I and I'm I'm confused why I have such a strong need, like need for her to help me through my problems cuz she
1: created it. Right. She created your need. So what do you get in return and what does she get?
2: <clears throat> um, I got help.
1: Yeah, so what What do you feel when you get help? You feel loved. See, her way of thinking that she's loving somebody is by helping them. And she needs to do it with a man. Why does she need to do it with a man?
2: Because of... Um Either one of her parents' emotions needs it is,
1: but the reason if you get down to the nuts and bolts, reason is because she wants to feel superior to the man. Okay, and what and you by feeling inferior to her run to her, yeah. and she gets to feel all this lovely thing. I'm superior again, I get to feel superior to the man, I get to feel better than the man, I get to feel quite a lot of things. You get to feel, of course, that you need her and that you're not. You're not as good as she is, and, and quite a number of things there, which is also what you feel when you're with women, that you're not as good as they are, and they're not going to want you. And, yeah. Right? Okay. This is where you need to see the difference between what you do in your in your addiction. Running to mum is the addiction, right? What's the hurt underneath that it covers over?
2: I'm not seeing you it. You don't have to have an answer
1: right now. Is, is it like you need to feel about this. See? Yeah. Can I just say to you, many of you want me to tell you the answers. You do. If you're honest with yourself, you do. Um, I've had to do all of my own emotional work. I don't expect any of you to tell me an answer. Now, can you see that a really truly self, uh, self-responsible emotional being would not expect anybody else to tell you the answer but would be very happy when somebody did? Well, you know what I find instead of that? I find that you want me to tell you the answer, and when it's not the answer you want, you're not very happy that I did. (laughs) Now, I put to you that a truly self-responsible emotional being will look for the answers themselves, and when somebody comes along and offers them the gift of telling them the answer, they will appreciate it and love it. which is very much the opposite of what I get from most people. Right? So this is what I'm going to suggest to you. Learn how to become a self-responsible emotional being. Stop expecting somebody else to answer all of your questions. What I'm trying to provide you is a framework through which you can work your way towards God. This is the framework that I've discovered to work my way through towards God. That's all I'm doing is teaching you the framework that I've discovered. That's all. You engaging it is going to depend very much upon you. Very much upon you. Right? When you want me to answer your questions, and then when you get angry with me for not doing it, you are demonstrating that you want somebody else to be responsible for your life. And God wants you to become a self-responsible being. In other words, have no one else responsible for your life. So you're going to have to do some work. Like I had to do work. I had to do some hard work. Right? Going through the processes that I've described to you, working through my emotions that I've and the manners that I've described to you, I've had to do some hard work. I haven't relied on you to do that for me. I haven't relied on you to provide the answers for me. So why are you relying on me to do that for you? I am just one of your brothers. I might be your elder brother who knows a bit more about some of these things than you do currently, but that's all I am. Right. So stop relying on me to provide the answers for you and use the framework you've been taught to discover the answers. Use the way you've been taught to discover the answers. Does that make sense to everyone? Now, what we're trying to do when we give you these homework sessions is to help you engage the way. That's what we're trying to do. So engage the process here rather than expect to be told everything. That makes sense. Let yourself discover the process, because that's a part of this joy of discovering the way to God. It's just like once you know the process in your heart, you feel it in your heart, you go, wow, this is such a clever way God created. Like, isn't this stuff about repentance and forgiveness so clever? Like, you can totally avoid all the law of compensation crap. Just by engaging this, and you can understand why because it's got involved with emotions of repentance and forgiveness, it's so wonderful. Engage the process by your own effort. You're not going to have me, Mary, Corny, or anyone else around you 24 by 7 every day telling you what your next step is, All right. And certainly I, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to live with you 24 by 7. I've got someone I want to live with 24 by 7 and that's, that's all I want. Thank you very much, right? Huh? I'm not going to live you, with you 24 by 7. I'm not, I don't even want to have to spend like hours and hours discussing your emotional issues. You don't have to do that for me. So why would I want to do that for you? I want to teach you the truth and then you engage the process. You know, there's that old saying about teaching the you know guy how to fish or give him a whole heap of fish all the time. You want me to give you a whole heap of fish all the time. That's what you want. That's not going to help you become emotional, self-reliant, self-self-responsible beings. God doesn't do that for you. I shouldn't do that for you if I ever want to become at one with God. So so stop asking all these questions of me. Ask them of yourself. Go through these. Processes I've had to go through, learn them by heart so they're automatic. Educate yourself about these processes. Know how to address every problem through these processes, right? And you will progress. And then when Jesus dies, you won't all panic. That's what happened in the first century. Jesus died and all the disciples panicked. You don't want to do that, do you? You want to just go, it's just the same as before. He's still alive. He's enjoying himself somewhere else. right? And I can go through this process because I've been taught. That's what you want. You want to have that confidence in God, confidence in God's laws and principles, confidence in the way. It is God's way, not mine. You need to have confidence in it. You need to develop your own confidence in it by doing it yourself. Every time I provide you with answers, you're not doing things yourself and you're not developing confidence in it. You're not developing trust in it. You're not developing faith in God. You're, d- you're, not, you're just developing a little bit of faith in me and even then I'd suggest to you that it's not very much. Because if I died tomorrow, the, mo- the majority of you say he wasn't Jesus and none of what he taught was any good anyway. You'd go off doing your own thing. All right? For many of you, that's what would happen. Right? It should be the fact that once you've learnt God's way, It doesn't matter what happens to anybody else in the universe. You are going to practice God's way. That's the way it needs to be. If you're going to become at one with God, it's your relationship. It's your responsibility. It's also your desire. Everything's driven by those things. It's got nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. With one exception, and that is I'm happy to teach you what I've learned from it. That's all. Does that make sense? So... Get out those homework questions again and go through them more sincerely and look, at, look, for the, look for the answers. Ask God about these answers. Get to understand them. I'm very, very happy to answer questions about your understanding. I'm becoming less happy about answering your individual emotional problems. Can you see the difference? One is about how you understand the process, which is going to help you for the rest of your life. The other one is about understanding one particular motion that you are responsible to getting to yourself. So I want to engage with you answering questions about the processes, what's involved, what things need to be engaged, what, you know, how it all applies. I am not that happy about answering personal questions because unless it illustrates something about the process, it's a pointless discussion because one day you're going you're to get rid of that emotion and then there's the end of whatever the results of the discussion. Whereas if I teach you the process, a thousand years' time, you're still going to be engaging the same process. And it doesn't matter what emotion you go through, what feelings you go through, you're still going to engage that process. right? And that means that my teaching has been lasting inside of you right? rather than something that just was for occasion here and occasion there and occasion there and disappeared. Now, I like creating lasting things. Uh, every one of your unhealed emotions is not a lasting thing. It is a temporary thing that you can address if you have the skills. Every one of your good emotions is not a lasting thing. It's a temporary thing that you can experience some happiness from. So allow yourself to go through these experiences. Yeah? So soon I'm going to make an agreement with you. You know what it is? I don't want to hear a single more, another question about your personal emotional condition. That's my, going to be my agreement with you soon. The questions I want to hear are, what's this process? What's that process? How does this work? How does that work? What goes on here? What goes on there? How can I understand that? The other kind of questions, I'll answer them till I'm gone. Huh? Will muscle, will muscle, will muscle. I can't build your will muscle. (laughs) The only person is going to develop your will to do this is you. And more, the more I do for you, the less you're going to do. Build your own will muscle. (laughs) Now, I'm, I'm very happy to help you do that. But, but if you're going to just sit back and go, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, I'm going to go, I'm sorry, at some point I've got to draw the line in the sand and go, sorry, no more for you. Because you're not developing your own will muscle. Yep. Good day, let's have some dinner.